Yumbo Fury at Race Jury, Vanderpool fills the cold, and Balsamo gives the bunch a good dressing down. This is Quicklink Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show for Sunday the 14th of March. A day packed full of racing, with five UCI races taking place across Europe. So let's dive right in with the eighth and final stage of Paris-Nice. The second World Tour stage race of the year concluded in dramatic fashion, with race leader Primoz Roglic taking two tumbles, dislocating his shoulder and being distanced from the peloton as the race split up, and never being able to get back in touch with his rivals, all of which meant Max Schachmann was able to comfortably overhaul a 52-second deficit and the Bora Hansgrohe man became the first rider since Alexander Vinokorov in 2003 to win Paris-Nice in back-to-back years, as Roglic slipped to 15th. On the shortened stage, early moves made attempt to get away on the first of two and a half big laps around the edge of the Var River, including the Côte de Duranus climb, but nothing did stick. GC leader Primoz Roglic then hit the deck while seemingly safe at the back of the bunch, taking a hit to his left side, but he was paced back on by the marshals of his Jumbo Visma team. A four-man break went shortly after, none of them GC contenders though, Sven Bistrom, Tim de Klerk, Jonas Rutsch and Edward Teuns went up the road, with four more riders joining them on the second ascent up the Cat 2 climb. That's Warren Barguil, Stage 2 winner Case Boll, Lawrence de Plus and Stefano Aldani. By the midpoint of the 92km stage, they had 30 seconds over the peloton, but a chase group of nine riders had formed including Julien Bernard, Luis Leon Sanchez, Michael Matthews and Matteo Trentin. And with 70k done, the two groups had merged. Then Rutsch attacked again, drawing Barguil, Bernard and Bistrom with him. Further down the field, Roglic had crashed again, with David Galdo and Pascal Ackerman involved. Those two abandoned, as did Alexei Lutsenko following a separate incident. But Roglic rode on. With riders being spat out the back of the peloton and the race jury waving cars past the splits to the leaders and the chases, Roglic couldn't get amongst the convoy to be paced back to his GC rivals. He faced a lonely ride against the clock, with a group of two dozen riders up the road pulling for a potential stage win. Among them was Max Schachmann, and his virtual GC lead was ever increasing as Roglic dug deep, but ultimately in vain. Alexander Vlasov attacked for a stage win, with teammate Izagira marking Schachmann all the way, but Astana simply weren't going to wrestle enough seconds away from the Bora GC leader. Moves and counters came and went, but in the end it was Magnus Court from EF who took a sprint win, ahead of French duo Christophe Laporte of Cofidis and Pierre Latour of Total Direct Energy. Fourth Dylan Tayans, fifth Warren Barguil, sixth Dylan Van Baal. Izagira, Jorgensen, Lampert and Schachmann making up the top 10 over the line. Max Schachmann takes the GC for Bora Hansgrohe, their first win of 2021. Alexander Vlasov and Ion Izagira finish second and third for Astana Premier Tech at 19 and 23 seconds. Lucas Hamilton of Bike Exchange jumps to an excellent fourth on GC at 41 seconds. Tish Benut of DSM is fifth at 42, and the top 10 is completed in order by Guillaume Martin, Jack Haig, Matteo Jorgensen, Aurelien Parat and Gino Maida. Primoz Roglic does hold on to the points jersey though. Anthony Perez's hold on the KOM jersey was never in doubt, and Vlasov is the best young rider. And now the important bit about Paris Nice Velo Games. Max's cycling thoughts that's at Cycling Opinions on Twitter. He wins our Paris-Nice League with 3,337 points, enough to put them 40th on the overall competition from over 4,000 entrants. Big congratulations, Max. You win a coveted and exclusive Quicklink badge. Please get in touch and we'll ship one out to you. Second is George Poole from the Casquettes and Bidon's blog with 3,141 points. And third is John's Iron Scallies team on 2,937. 
the shout outs to those players in the show notes. I managed fourth in the end on 28-11 points, and each of my nine riders did score. So Felix Groschartner, why did I ever doubt you? Shout out to friend of the show, Ewan Mackey, who finished absolutely dead last, hampered by the early abandonments of Richie Port and Teo Gagan Hart. Ewan's out in sunny Spain with the Foundation Benica Del Team, with support from the Lewis Balitsky Trust Fund and Pedal Potential. He's a top lad and had a bit of a get down recently, so we hope his wrist heals soon. Take care, mate. And on to Terreno Adriatico. This race report is brought to you by the words of Tom Portsmouth and read, with permission, by myself. Inigo and Tom recorded a watch-along for this race, and indeed Paris-Nice as well, where I joined in, and I'll include the audio from those at the end of the show. Stage 5 was a near-replica of Strada Bianchi just over a week ago, a flat run into a lumpy final circuit which the peloton would complete three and a half times, meaning it would definitely be an attritional day in store for the riders, even before factoring in the damp winter-like conditions. The nature of the terrain meant today's stage could be solid practice for the upcoming successive monument races in Italy, France and Belgium. I came across a meme on Instagram by Sportsa.b that gagged about it being an exact replica of the aforementioned Strada Bianchi, because not only was the course reminiscent of the gravel race, but Stage 5 terrain instigated an identical front group in the last third of the race, including Tadej Pogacar, Wout van Aert, Egan Bernal and of course Mathieu van der Poel. The start of the stage was rapid, with it being reported on Twitter that the peloton began with an average speed of 57km an hour for the initial 30k of the 205km stage. Given they aren't on the flat open roads of the UAE with a nice cross tailwind for that time, that is outrageously quick on the grippy roads of Europe. As predicted, the peloton quickly whittled down, making a select group of just the main contenders, pressing on over the sharp, steep and punchy climbs in and around Castelfidardo. If you think back, the scenery, weather and terrain reminded me of the long-awaited stage win of Peter Sagan in the 2020 Giro. With 50k to go, and not long after the initial split of the main protagonists were reeled in by the group of extended favourites, likes of Jao Almeida, Mathieu van der Poel, drifted off the front whilst holding a rice cake packet in his mouth. Clearly, he wasn't in Velo CC's well-known red zone when he lit it up at the front of the race between the two seas. He quickly gained 1 minute 20 within 10k and slowly extended this to 2 minutes by the time he had spent 20k up the road. It was evidently a cold day though as Julian Alaphilippe and Jakob Fuglsang, two other favourites, had called it a day and were found in the main peloton wrapped head to toe in winter attire, while riders at the front like Van der Poel and Wout van Aert were showing bare skin on their arms and legs. The latter began to suffer though, with 34k remaining and he looked like he was going to chatter his teeth into the abyss. Van der Poel, pressing it on in Zone 3 sweet spot territory, was keeping himself warm with the effort, evidently staying on top of his nutrition so he could continue to produce energy to keep his muscles and core temperature at high performance level. The spectacular Dutchman gained another 47 seconds, increasing his gap to 2 minutes 47 with 20k to go, and looked clear to get the stage win in very similar style to that of his win in the Bink Bank Tour last September. But with 6k to go, Mathieu appeared to start slowing up, maybe a bit of malfueling or just simply cramping up because of the cold, rainy conditions. This enticed young Tadej Pogacar to break away from the chasing group of leaders to hunt down the fatigued van der Poel. The Slovenian brought the Dutchman to within 20 seconds from over 1 minute 30 and the last several kilometres. The Slovenian is the dominant stage rider in 2021, much like Remco Evenepoel was in 2020. Pogacar is on for a 100% record as it stands, with a massive lead over Wout van Aert, and only a sprint and short time trial remaining in Tirreno Adriatico. 
In the end, however, the inspiring Dutchman van der Poel won the stage by just over a few hundred metres, collapsing over the line, having spent everything just to stay warm during the stage, which he said is the reason he attacked in the first place. Something I experienced myself in very similar circumstances and can attest to. In my opinion, attacking when you are cold is the perfect way to succeed in the weather conditions presented to the riders on today's fifth stage. It helps keep the blood pumping, the muscles warm and the brain focused on the effort at hand rather than how cold am I. In many cases, the rider who attacks in these cold conditions and takes the race by the horns will often come out on top to someone who is, say, more conservative like Wout van Aert. The Belgian was clearly freezing and the cold getting into his chest and just shows how inefficient riding in the wheels is in a day like today in Italy. It was great to see and no surprise really that Matthew attacked with 50k to go as the weather worsened. And it makes me think the websites and other well-known documenters of the cycling world used, quote, I attacked just to remain warm, end quote, as their key headline, like there was any other reason for his attack. Those were the words of Tom Portsmouth, and you'll find him at tomportsmouth.co.uk and on Twitter at tompey13, T-O-M-P-E-Y-1-3. The day's top 10 over the line then. Matthew van der Poel of Alps and Fenix, 10 seconds ahead of Tadej Pogacar of UAE Team Emirates, Wout van Aert, third for Jumbo Visma at 49 seconds. Fabio Fellini of Astana came solo for fourth, then Egan Bernal of Ineos and David Formolo of UAE together, two minutes seven back. Seventh, Tim Wellens. Eighth, Alessandro De Marchi, before Mikel Landert ninth, and our favourite, Matteo Fabro, in tenth. GC is as follows with two stages left. That's a bunch finish and a 10k time trial. Pogaccia leads by one minute 15 from Van Aert, and Landert is at third at three minutes. Egan Bernal at 3.30, Fabro at 3.54, Wellens at 4.30, Almeida 4.42, Bardet 5 minutes 3, Nibali 5.54 and Simon Yates completes the top 10 6 minutes 58 seconds back. Van Aert stays points leader, Bogacha stays king of the mountains but that jersey will be worn by Mads Wurt-Schmidt. Best young rider is Pogacha so that jersey will be on the shoulders of Egan Bernal. To Velo Games, and our Josh has gone top of the show league, I'm sure you'll hear from him gloating on the next weekly waffle. He's opened up a 71-point gap over Francisco Rice, who's in second. Four points further back is that big pink trident of JV. Now, there was a new women's race on the calendar today, filling the spot that the postponed Ronda van Drenth would have taken on the schedule. The inaugural Grand Prix Ontingen was a 117.6-kilometre affair, comprising of 10 very Flandrian laps. Unfortunately, the live stream on Facebook was patchy, so this didn't quite get the coverage it may have deserved with a pretty stacked start list, including Jolien de Hoor, Amy Peters and Christine Majerus from SD Works, Sarah Roy from Bike Exchange, Alice Barnes and Lisa Klein from Canyon Sram, and Mariana Voss and Anna Henderson from Jumbo Visma, to name but a few. In the end, a group of 10 riders contested the sprint, as an initial group of 18 had broken away from the reduced peloton over the 10 attritional laps. European under-23 champion Elisa Balsamo won the kick for Valcar Travel and Service ahead of Jolien de Hoor and Mariana Voss. American Kristen Faulkner of Tibco was fourth and Amy Peters fifth. Next on the women's calendar is Nokera Coes on Wednesday and a reminder there that the Velo Games contest for the men's edition on the same day is now open. It's the third race of the season-long Super Classico competition. Back to France and the 1.2 ranked 63rd edition of Paris Trois, or Paris Troyes to you and me. 180 kilometres, taking in 8 laps of a circuit, including the double hitter of Côte de l'Escargot, Hill of the Snails, and Côte de Mercy. 
For the 13th year in a row, we had a French winner with Romain Cardi of Saint-Marcel-Aubert taking the sprint win from a reduced group of 11 riders, ahead of countrymen Alan Ryu of Arkea Samsic and Antoine Rojal of FDJ's Continental Setup. Winning the bunch kick in the chase group was Olav Koy of Jumbo Visma's development team. Just 89 of the race's 168 riders made it to the finish in Tours, with Joe Pidcock the best of the Brits in 66th. Though, big shout out to Irishman Matt Taggart, who finished in the Olav Koy group. Elsewhere around the world, Michael Reim won the bunch finish of Stage 3 in the Istrian Spring Trophy in Croatia, with Finn Fischer-Black of Jumbo Visma's dev team winning the overall by two seconds from Stage 2 winner Filippo Zana, courtesy of the bonus seconds he picked up today. Argentina held their road championships over the weekend. Congratulations to Pablo Brun and Maria Fadiga, who are the new national champions there, with Matias Perez winning the under-23 men's road title. TT jerseys there were won by Juan Pablo Dotti and Barbara Fiorella Malaspina, with Santiago Sanchez the under-23 men's champion. Just one race on Monday, that's the penultimate day of Terreno Adriatico, which wraps up as the sole action on Tuesday. That's the show. We'll be back tomorrow with whatever the day throws at us. Time to hear some highlights from our watch-alongs at the end of today's Tirreno-Adriatico and Paris-Nice stages. As I've said before, these are a working progress, and it's mainly us testing the live stream and working out the technical gremlins and broadcasting before we go live for some of the classics. First up, this is Inigo and Tom at Tirreno. God, 2.8Ks to go, 52 seconds back to Pogacar. It's not unfeasible. I what mean, if he gets in those cars as well? Yeah, yeah it's like, it's... It's unlikely, but it's not unfeasible. 51, 50 seconds. Going down, going down quickly. This could get exciting. Yeah, all uphill. I, I'd so. say also that this is, as much as Pogba tries to get putting a great ride, I think Matthew might be slowing up a little because the gap to Van Aert is coming down as well. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think Van Aert's on such a good day. Well, he's, he's, he's not pushing full. Um, yeah. Um, he, he's he's just rolling the gear all the way to the line, I think. Just I reckon he's got it in his ear saying Pogachar's slightly coming back, you know, you keep the tempo high, you might still make it, but don't go full. Uh... God, it's, it's super exciting. It's so exciting to watch the world's best sort of duking out like this. Oh, exactly. It's been such an exciting year so far, you know. Just thinking every race could be the last with COVID and everything. So, I, I, re, I re, as much as it's it's, it's 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 a little bit of a depressing thought. It's actually really exciting to watch because the riders are just sort of they're taking every opportunity they've got because they, as you say, it could be their last opportunity. Oh dear! So, no. Just he's gone. Colin Kirby's getting very excited. Yeah, I don't know why he's got excited for that. Van Art go around a corner. Been plenty of time, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Pogacar's in his big ring, so he's most 38 seconds. He is coming, the gap is coming down. He's, uh, uh, he's in his big ring. I reckon Van der Poel's in his small ring halfway down the cassette, so he's a couple of k's an hour slower for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon in a few corners' time, he's gonna be seeing him for sure. But oh, he's he's flying. He's genuinely the um. He's he's the Remco of twenty twenty one, winning one hundred percent of stage races that he's participated in. Um, 
but uh, this time he might he might win a grand tour. Uh, uh, I don't put it past him. He deserves it. Uh... He could be one of the first ones to, you know, um, back up his uh, primary Tour de France win, which hasn't done hasn't been done for a very long time. Uh, yeah, even Chris Froome didn't back up his first Grand uh, Tour de France win with this consecutive one. But yeah, he's just up the road. You can you can see him going up the hill. I think oh, Van der Poel's feeling feeling the presence of Pogacar now. So he's yeah, kind of, you can he's see the shoulders are rocking. He's in his big ring now, and he's out the saddle. So he's clearly given a hundred percent for the last fifteen hundred yeah. meters. He really he's thought. Gonna, I think he might have thought he just he was in it. He just. I think he might have just sort of accepted that. You know what? Two minutes. That's that's a gap. That's my stage win. Ten yeah. k's to go. No problems. But now yeah, I think but, he's worried. Yeah. One point. Oh, fourteen hundred meters. You couldn't. It, this is really it's exciting. Still, because it is all the way uphill, all the way to the line. And so. it's uh, it's on he's on a climb now, twenty seconds. It's still it's still in the hands of Van der Poel, I'd say. Yeah, but it's slowly you saw turning how quickly. Like Pogacar, I mean, it was a slightly steeper climb, but you saw how quickly he came across that gap yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's yeah. and he's, he's in exactly his terrain now. Yeah. Last fifteen hundred meters, Van der Poel's. You know, no one can no one can bridge bridge Van der Poel in fifteen hundred meters. Um, well, we're about to find out. Or oh, the long shot is in favour. I need to read up on those rules for the front and rear. I need, I need to read up on those because uh, I thought I thought that was the case. But uh, obviously, uh, Pogger Charles riding rim brakes. Of course. A lot slower than anyone else. Yeah, it was, it was very interesting. Actually, in the UAE tour, I think he did alternate stages on discs and then rim. Yeah, and discs did the flat rims. ones on his aero bike with discs and uh, mounted yeah. one, obviously, on the on rim brakes but now it's, it's flat to the line now it's 15 seconds found the pole I think I think it's got it in the bag um, even oh, you guess. can see it's he's in his sights the uh, I think the elongated lane went on help. for if that climb went on for another 500 meters you would have got there yes yes you're probably right but yeah it's downhill 13 now. seconds he's, he's, yeah. not, he's not pedaling now um, mm. Yeah, I think yes, I think you're right. Vanderpoel. Oh, yeah, okay. It's a gap. It's a gap. I think it, yeah. <laughs> he'd have to have some sort of Mario Kart advantage to uh, reach up to Vanderpoel. Yeah, the rocket boost. Yeah, yeah. Three hundred meters to go, Vanderpoel. What what celebration are you going to do today? <laughs> relief. One of relief, I'd say. <laughs> oh, he, he did a cocky one. Uh, hundred meters. He's only hundred meters down the road. Um. But yeah, he did a cocky one when he came across Alaphilippe and Van Aert on that uphill yeah. finish. I love that. I really like that. I love a character in cycling. I think that was... Yeah. A lot of people calling him arrogant for it. I don't think so. I think no, he... I don't think it was well arrogant. Well, right. You, you, get, you, get, you, get, you, get, you get different sorts of arrogance. That, yeah, that was exactly. respectful arrogance. Like, it I was, was, yeah. I was the best today, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, I think I think that's just just the right. It did it, it. Yeah, I mean, you can. It's so that's fascinating. Ten k's ago, two and a half minutes now. Bogachar has come all the way back to within ten seconds. They're yeah. in the same <laughs> shot on the cameras. That's either well, both an incredible no, ride from Bogachar. He's not even also, celebrate. <laughs> no, I he is cooked. That man is cooked. Just yeah, relief. 
But uh, the same happened at Bank Bank Tour. He went from about the same distance out and got caught, nearly got caught by 10 seconds on, on the finish line. So oh, 10 seconds yeah. back, back to Pogacar. That's very impressive. Why have I not now still on, on the finish straight? He's in the barriers. Still a very gritty ride from uh, Why have I not? Going to be freezing there. Yeah, poor guy. You just have those days sometimes. It, oh. yeah. But on the mountain stage, he's been on the podium every day. And as Inigo had visitors, I joined Tom for the closing stages of Paris-Nice. Still got 10 k's to go. Which is two minutes behind the peloton now. He's completely out of it. He's trying desperately, but don't see him. He had his opportunity and they just missed it by 100 metres. No one working with him at all, was there? No, no. Well, he used up his teammates, had an intermarche ride, and once that was done, it was it. No more. Uh, nearly taken out by the total direct energy car. <laughs> I'm still trying to find Roglic on the, uh, on the crash. Really early on. Yeah, it, there's, no, there's nothing of the coverage beforehand. Because hmm. the, the live coverage picks up about 60k in, and it's already happened. Yeah. Right, switching back to live. Well, Roglic still seems like he's in third overall on the general classification. Um, so his gear must have lost a lot of time. But I, I don't know if that graphic's a bit wrong. Um, yeah, having Vlasov at 19. Yeah, I thought his gear is in third provisionally. Uh, you know, only four seconds behind Vlasov. Yeah, I say that the two of the two teammates were close together. Yeah, but that graphic must be a bit wrong with that. Tosh Benut still within touching distance. That could be a, you know, a bit of an out, out, outside bet for sure. Could be. Yeah, so he's only uh, 20 seconds behind the Astana boys. Yeah, with eight Ks to go if he launches one. And he, he is there on the wheels of the Astana boys. So. <laughs> Is that him, fifth or sixth wheel there? Yeah, the first DSM rider, yeah. Um, Rocklitz just keep going backwards, getting into the first group better. Um, oh, you can see he's hurted now. He's uh, pretty cooked. That looks so painful. Yeah. Raise is sealing up now, getting tight on the arse and uh, yeah, getting sore. Um, yeah, it's brutal because he's he's passing groups and he's going up quickly, but he's never catching the peloton. And, no, uh, no. Yeah. So Shackman just needs to dig deep for five k's now. Uh, Vlasov is most definitely going to launch one after Is a gear has finished off this effort, which he can do now for about k's. Um, there you go. He's kicked off the Vlasov needs to attack now. Um, or Shackman's still in the red from following his gear. Hmm. This is now Shackman's to lose, isn't it? Oh, I don't know who that is. Who Who's the this hell guy? is that? Is, Quebec? is that uh, Geshka? Oh, no, uh, Clark? Simon Clark? Nah, that's not Clark. Is he not here? I, I've watched so many races back-to-back, I don't really know who's <laughs> winning. Oh, oh, it's, so oh, it's an L. Oh. I didn't even realise he was with Quebec. Move. How did he move? <laughs> Cheeky little one. Yeah, didn't expect that move at all. Um, the clerk is now pacing 
Rocklitch. Um, well, this descent, man. Oh, dear, they've gone straight on. They've gone straight on. Oops. Oh, man down. They've gone straight on. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. <laughs> oh, you can't Ooh. say Roglic isn't giving it everything, is he? Well, he followed the clerk, um, and the yeah. clerk was never getting around that corner. Thankfully, they did have barriers there, and it was a good stopping distance. It didn't tighten yeah. up on them massively. Um, Laporte yeah. is still on this group. The sprinter from Cofidis is still on this climb in the front group after a cat two. Um, hey, he's in, he's in my Valor Games team. Maybe he knows. Same. Same. Maybe listens to the pod. Is that a pull for G? Yeah. Who's this? Is that Maida? Maida's gone on the attack again, trying to rectify yeah, yesterday's uh, yeah. disappointment. Um, I've got it. Here's the Israel guy at the front here. I don't know who this Israel guy is. Uh, Chris Nalens. I've heard of it. Don't recognise it. No, no threat on GC though, so Shaquan doesn't need to follow that. Um, and then I think you've got Guillaume Martin. Just closing that gap down. Yeah, there's um, a Cofidis guy closing, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Rockledge. Rockledge oh, just sit up now. He's 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 out of it. Um nearly three minutes now for Rog. I want to hear what what caused Roglic to drop off from the Peloton so quickly uh, after the last lap bell. Um yeah, Nayland's given it some made Made is still going. Uh, he's just tempering it, isn't he? Not a punchy rider. Uh, Martin, if this if this trio gets to the line, I think Martin's the favourite for the, for that sprint. Um, oh, wouldn't you just give it to Mader after yesterday, though? You, you've got to, but uh, <laughs> Martin Martin was the only one that could follow Roglic mm. at the Tour de France last year. At the majority of the sprint finishes that he did. So he's obviously got a decent kick on the on the uphill. Um, but yeah, I think Shackman's secured for the overall now. Um, yeah, it flattens out a lot now, doesn't it? He just needs yeah. to. Yeah. Ah, this this front group sat now. Let's get this job. Let's crack. Um, so Shackman's got. Uh, let's have a look. Nineteen, 19 seconds over Vlasov. Yeah, he's got twenty seconds over Vlasov. Um, 10 on the line, though? Mm, still not enough, I don't think. Vlasov on the flat, Shaq, it favours Shackman now. Yeah, um, must have, just be careful, though, not drop it off in the last 2k. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Shackman will probably still go for the stage win, knowing him. Um, nope, great, great place for the car to stop, just right there. Um, <laughs> I, I got it for Shackman, he almost got taken out by the port, then. but uh, yeah, he, he wins the overall there nicely by 20 seconds. Job done. Back to back. Yeah. Easy stuff. Magnus Court with a nice win there. I know he's a very under the radar rider. Um, yeah. He's won big, but he's won not often. Um, you can never count him. Thanks for listening to Quick Link Podcast. You can find links to our previous episodes, our social media and streaming platforms, and contact the team by visiting quicklinkpod.co.uk. Our Velo Games code is 57273217. We'll be back tomorrow with your daily microdose of pro cycling news.